Welcome to the Coastline Podcast. We exist as a church to help connect you to God and the people around you, to help you grow in your faith, and to challenge you to go into your community sharing the love of Christ. Three things, connect, grow, go. If you'd like information on what is going on at Coastline, follow us on Instagram and Facebook, or email us at hello at coastlinensb.com. So, can I be real with you guys today? One of the things I love about family, uh, specifically my family, is it's, it's one of those things that you can get with family, and you can have like that unfiltered, tough conversations, and they still got to love you afterwards, right? Right? At least, at least that's how it's supposed to be. I know sometimes with families, it's a little bit tougher than that. Uh, but for the most part, specifically in my family, when it comes to something that we're frustrated with one another or we have something going on or we're dealing with something our own selves, I know I can go to my family, my mom, my dad, and my sister, uh, and obviously definitely Erica, um, and, and they will tell me the truth. They will let me know exactly what I need to hear or they'll build me up. Erica will definitely give me the truth when I ask for it. She's not afraid to hold back. But there's something about having that clear, comfortable conversation. And so today, uh, you know, I, I, as I am a pastor of Coastline, I, I just want to come to you as kind of a family member, if you will, uh, and, and, and let me kind of have a little bit of a clear conversation about some stuff I'm going on, uh, I'm, that's going on in my life. Can I do that? Is that okay with you guys? So every week I get up here and I start the message out very similarly. I say, man, I am so excited to be here today. I'm so excited to preach this sermon to you, right? You've heard me say that before. That's pretty... This week, I didn't feel that at all. Like this week, I did not feel excited to to want to come to church on Sunday. I didn't feel excited about preaching on Sunday. Now, before you all get up and walk away real quick, no, that's not something, that's not anything with you. And that's not anything where, where I'm struggling with sin in my life or anything like that. That's simply because I've just had a tough week. And you guys had a tough week before? A couple of people have a tough week going through some tough stuff? I just had one of those weeks where the entire time I just couldn't get anything to work together like it should. And the whole time I knew, I was like, you know what? I'm supposed to preach on Sunday, and I don't want to. I'm just being transparent. Sunday morning came, and, uh, you know, it, it should be one of those things I'm super pumped up and excited about it because last week we celebrated two-year anniversary. We talked about all these cool things that God's done in the past two years. I should have been, been excited about it this week, but I wasn't. There's a couple things that happened in my life this past week that kind of caused this to happen. Uh, the first one was Sunday after church, had some delicious taco shack, went home. I didn't get a nap, um, but I started feeling sick immediately. You guys ever feel that feeling like you've been burning the candle at both ends? Yeah, that was, and you can probably, I've been dealing with this all week. I'm still a little congested and feeling a little, you know, head cold or something. But Erica would tell you, like, when I get sick, I am the biggest baby in the entire world. Like, the world stops in my book. Like, it's, like, I need to get in bed. I'm going to put on some Netflix, maybe watch some John Wayne originals or something. You know, uh, drink some Gatorade and be done. I'm not going to do anything else. I am, like, the world is dead to me. And so Sunday I started getting sick, which that was extremely, extremely tough. On Sunday night, uh, Erica was actually uh, leaving or left. She didn't leave me high and dry. She had planned to go away to Las Vegas 
uh, not for a, a poker tournament or anything, right? But uh, she was actually going to a uh, pastor's wives retreat. And so her and three other pastor's wives got on a plane and went to Vegas. Uh, and I was like, well, take me with you. I'm sick. Um, but it didn't happen. I, I stayed, had to stay home uh, and do daddy daycare, right? I had to get the kids ready each day for school, take them to school, get them a bath at night, uh, bring them home, keep them fed and alive, right? That's what you're supposed to do as, as a parent on your own. And, um, like, I would, I am not super dad. Like, I'm just continuing to be clear. Like, you know, there's some people that are close to us, and they know they're like, Brian is not the super dad. You know, Alan Ward, he's guy just worked 24 hours as a fireman, and he's probably back in the kids' ministry right now volunteering. Uh, super dad, completely great dad. Me, I, like, I'm on the struggle bus hard. I'm learning. So I'm sick this week. Erica goes to Vegas. Parties like it's 1999. <laughs> just kidding. She did go see Gwen Stefani. That was pretty cool, right? So... But no, she went and she was getting spiritually fed and recharged. And man, I was I, like, I'm, I wouldn't even mad at her because, man, you know, lady freaking works her tail off. And uh, to see her go and, and experience, you know, some spiritual uh, leadership uh, from her perspective was extremely helpful for our marriage and us and, and my family. But she's gone. So I'm like, I'm struggling hard, waking up, getting the kids to school. I'm going to tell you, I got them to school on time every week, this, every day this week, okay, which was a super win. Got them, didn't forget them at school. Which that was huge, right? I didn't get a call from the teacher said, "Hey, you're supposed to be somewhere at three o'clock." You know, got him, got him from school. Um, hung, ben hung out with me at work all the time, and uh, and we we did good, man. We had some adventures, and it was actually a really good time for me and my kids to connect, and we we kind of had some adventures with it. But it was still pretty tough for the week. Some of you guys don't know, I also, uh, I mean, obviously I'm a pastor at Coastline, and you know, I've got responsibilities during the week here, uh, but I'm also, i got a, another job as a property manager of a condo here on the beach side. And so as I'm going through the week and as I'm sick and just you know, not really liking life at all, and as I'm trying to take care of my kids and get them to school on time, get them fed, and real quick, someone needs to like help dads out, put ponytails in. What is up with that? Like, I'm like 30 minutes of my morning is like trying to deal with these big fingers and like these little tiny hair. And I'm just like, am I going to get in trouble if I shave your head? What's going on? <laughs> Can we wear a baseball cap today, please? Sorry, I got, that was a different tangent. But I'm, I'm, I'm at work and like in the middle of the week, I get an email from my boss and like I've like completely dropped the ball on something. Like, and it wasn't like one of those things like, you ever like drop the ball and you're like, well, I have an excuse. Like, let me tell you, this is why. Like, it was like no excuse. It was, I'm idiot. Sorry. You know, it was, it was not, it was not good. And so here I am, I'm sick. Uh, I'm, I'm, you know, single parent for a week and I'm getting in trouble at work and just life, life is up a creek. And to top, the, top it all off on Sunday after church, I'm working with my dad and from as close to me and Ralph is, he looks at me and says, Brian, because he does not recognize who I am. He did not see, he could, his, he could not focus on who I was, his son, standing less than 20 feet away from him. And as he said it, my heart just sank. And as I looked at his face, you could tell there was nothing but fear because he didn't know where he was and didn't know who I was. And so I, I said, yes, sir, it's me. He said, something's wrong. So, well, let's, let's get in my truck, and I'm going to drive you to the hospital. 
And as I got in my truck, jumped in, started the car, I realized he hadn't got in yet. And I looked back, and he's still standing in the same place. Because he said, I don't know how to get in. And so I took him by the hand, I put him in my truck, and we went to the hospital. And, I mean, I'm 35 years old, but I'm, I'm still real close with my dad. And I, I love my dad. And to see him go through what he had to go through over the next few days was pretty tough. The doctors didn't know what was going on. They had come in and done a bunch of tests and drawn lots of blood. Two days later, they found out that he had had a stroke. And immediately after that, they started starting him on blood thinners. While he was in the hospital, he was not acting like what you would normally see. He's a pretty stubborn guy. He's a hardworking guy. But I see him yelling out and lashing out at the nurses, saying things that he normally wouldn't say. I see him ripping the IV out of his arms and just terrified by what he's going through and confused because he doesn't know where he's at. And so as I, as I spent the night with him in the hospital, as I'm trying to keep him in the bed and as they're trying to keep him sedated and calm, all this stuff floods all over me of like, man, life is just so tough right now. Like if, like if there was a definition of like, it hitting the fan, like in my life, it, it, it's hit the fan and all over the walls and all over me and everything else this week. And because of it, life is extremely, extremely tough. Any one of those things would be tough on its own, but you put them all together and it's like the, the things in my life, have the, those it things have, have hit the fan and it made me think, I don't wanna, I don't wanna get up on Sunday and preach. I, I don't want to do this. I just want to crawl in a hole for a little bit and not, not have to adult, not have to do life. But I knew that wasn't the right way of thinking. I know here today there's probably some stuff that maybe, maybe stuff's hit the fan in, in, in your life, right? Maybe it's hit the fan. Anybody here, you got some it in your life you're dealing with? Maybe some, right? Dealing with stuff. I know how it is. All of us have to deal with stuff in our life, have to deal with tough situations and have to deal with life just hitting the fan and, and not working out the way we want it to. I started to think as I, as I was going through this week, like, why would this have to happen to me? Like, I'm a good person. I'm pastor of a church. I'm sick. I got kids that I'm trying to deal with. Like, why, why, does this have to, why do bad things have to happen to me? You ever asked yourself, yourself that question before? Why do bad things happen? And as I, as I thought through that, as I said, you know what, man, I'm sure everyone has asked themselves, why do bad things happen? It's something that theologically has been talked about over the course of centuries. We serve a God that's perfect and all-powerful. Why does he allow bad things to happen? Why do bad things happen in our lives, especially if we're, we're good people? And so I thought, I was like, you know what, that's what we need to talk about. Why do, why do bad things happen? But as I started to study it, as I started looking, I said, you know what? I don't know if understanding why helps us out at all because it doesn't change the fact that we still have to go through it, that we still deal with it. There's not anyone here today that you can think back in your life over the past year or past couple years and you haven't had to go through something tough that you didn't understand. You haven't had to go through bad things in your life. Some of you, your bad thing happened when you were a young child. Some of you, it happened when you, uh, you met your spouse and you, you know, stood before your friends and family and said, you know, for better or for worse, till death do us part. And you meant it, but the other person didn't mean it. 
For some of you, you're going through the bad stuff right now because you've raised a child that you thought this was, man, they were going to grow up and be successful and be great, and, and they're far from God now, and they're dealing with their own stuff. I understand that for many of us, we go through tough things. I don't know if asking the question, why does God allow bad things to happen, help us get through it. And so this week, as I was thinking through my own situation, I thought, what about if it wasn't, why does God allow bad things to happen? What about if we thought, what do we do when bad things happen? What are we supposed to do when bad things happen? Because it's going to happen. I'm going to tell you right now, if, if, when it comes to a storm of life, if you haven't just gone through one, or if you're not in one right now, the chances are good that there might be a storm coming up ahead. You might be, be ready to go through some stuff. And so today, what my hope would be is as we look through the word, we see some steps that we can take that will help us get through what we're going through. Because I, I know it's okay for us to, to deal with stuff. I know, it's, I know that we're going to have to deal with tough things. It's okay for us to not be okay where we're at right now. But it's not okay for us to stay that way. And so today, we're going to take some steps and look through what does it take for us to get through what we're going through. So the first thing I want to look at is uh, the first step, I believe, uh, that I found out on my own from what I've gone through this week is I believe that prayer is important. Look at your neighbor and say, prayer is important. <laughs> Babe, you brought me this water, and it had a hole in it. <laughs> and I have been dealing with it. It's like running at me the whole time. So not your fault. You're, all, you're, doing, you're all right. It was TJ. Well, I take back all the nice things I said about him about his video then. First thing that helped me get through what I was going through this week was prayer. Prayer is a big deal. Now, I understand that sounds like it's the, the churchy answer, right? It's like, well, you should just, we, should just, we should just pray about it, right? It feels churchy. But I'm telling you, it's incredibly true. Because what are the other options that we take when we're going through tough situations, right? We worry about it, right? Anybody here, you got worry problems, anxiety in your life? Yeah? Some of you all are on medication for anxiety. That's not a bad thing. I'm going to tell you, you might just need to stay on that medication for anxiety, Listen to your doctors. They're smart. We worry about it. We stress about it. Some of us, we try to work hard and be like, oh, I'm going to get through it, right? I just got to work harder. And then you have a mental breakdown and you're in the hospital. Some of us, we try to put our hands to these things. But I, the Bible says specifically one way that we deal with these situations is through prayer. Now check this out. The Apostle Paul wrote this after his conversion, after he started following Jesus, he's writing to the church in the city of Philippi. And he says this, he says, don't worry about anything. Any, everybody say anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for what he has done. Now, I, I've, I've preached on this passage quite a number of times, and I love uh, you know, listening to and paying attention to the don't worry part. Don't worry about anything, but pray about everything. But when I read it this past week, I thought to myself, like, well, that, you know, to pray, that, that's a pretty churchy answer. You should pray about it. Like, why would Paul say, thanks, baby. You're, this is like yes. an illustration for our life, right? Like, you literally, like, I mess stuff up, and you come up and deal with it. So thank you so much. Here, Apostle Paul, he writes things, and, and I started to look at the end of this, and he gets very specific. He says, tell God what you need and thank him for what he has done. Tell God what you need. God is almighty and all-knowing, right? You guys, I mean, he knows exact every part of my life and what I'm going through. 
And I'm, as I'm reading this from Paul, I'm thinking like, Paul, why do I need to tell God what I need? He knows what I need. This seems, this doesn't make any sense to me. And I thought it back to it. I said, what about if this is a step in life for how you deal with what you're going through? Because what about if this is the thing that you've got to understand in your storm of life or what you're going through, that if you trigger your mind, if you can switch your mind to think, okay, God, I'm going to connect to you. I'm going to tell you what I need. It doesn't, it doesn't matter that he already knows. It matters that you make a connection. God, let me tell you, let me pray and ask you for what I need right now because I know it's going to come from you. Making that foundational point in your time of need, say, God, help me in this. The second thing he says, he says, thank him for what he has done. Now, in my specific case, when it comes to my dad, it's pretty tough to, to sit there and be like, okay, God, I'm, my dad's going through uh, this, this, what come to find out we uh, found out was a stroke right there. But I'm going to sit here and, and thank you for what you've given me. This, this doesn't seem like the right time. But if you think about it, it gives you perspective. If in your time of need, you will direct yourself towards God and say, God, help me with this. This is what I need. And if you will thank him and remember for what he has done. You know one of the things that charges Eric and I for what's coming up next for Coastline Church? Is because we can look back. We've written down and we've taken video and stuff of all the things that's happened along the way. And so anytime it comes to a time where we feel like uh, we're on the struggle bus or we feel like we just don't have the drive to go forward, we look back and we see what God's done. We start thanking him. It changes our mindset. When it came to my dad and our situation, our family got around in the ER and we're sitting there praying as we're driving to the ER. My dad is praying. He's got the wherewithal to know that, God, you're in control. Have your way in this situation. I know there's many people here at the church that you guys have been praying for him along the way. I believe that prayer works. And when it comes to going through what you're going through, I think it is the first step that you need to take to deal with the bad things that are going on in your life. The second thing I think you need to, to know, the second part that you need when going through these tough situations, uh, is I believe that you need to know you're not alone. Look at your neighbor and say, you're not alone. You're not alone. Here's the thing. Sometimes in life, when we go through these tough situations, when, when the bad times in life hit us, when we don't understand what it is, we want to regress and say, I'm just going to deal with it on my own. I'm going to handle it just, just me. Because I don't want anybody else to have to deal with this pain, have to deal with this frustration of what I'm going through. I'm just going to, I'm going to handle it. I'm going to take it on the chin. But here's the thing. That's not what God intended for your life. Because it's important to do life together. As you look throughout nature, you know, you watch the Discovery Channel. When it comes to the zebras in the, I think they're in Africa, is that right? Zebras in Africa, right on. I know geography or whatever it is, biology. Come on now. You want, to know which, you want to know which zebra gets eaten? Well, it's out by himself. When he's with the herd, when he's with his group, he's safe. Same thing, I've used an illustration about mullet in the river. You see mullet in the river. You want to see one mullet? You don't ever, you don't ever see one mullet swim by itself. You know why? Because that's not a mullet, that's a snack. It's going to get eaten real quick. I believe when it comes to the situation in life that you're dealing with, when it comes to the that stuff in your life that you're having trouble going through, if you go through it alone, I think that's exactly where the enemy wants you to be, is alone. You need to know you're not alone. 
Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 9 through 12 says this. It says, two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other person can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm. I was cold while you are gone. I'm going to tell you what right now. <laughs> Until Ben got in the bed with me, and then I was sweating my brains out. Um, but how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. I think it's important for what you're going through to not do it alone, to talk to somebody. Specifically, someone that's got faith in Christ and knows that he can get you, help, help get you through it. When it came to me and while I was going through this week, man, I'm, I'm luckily, lucky enough that I, we've got some uh, close friends and some family and some people in the church that I was able to call and say, hey, you know, I, this is happening with my dad. Uh, I've got the kids in bed right now, but I need to go back to the hospital. Is it something that you can come over and watch them? I had some people call me up and said, hey, dude, like, uh, and, you know, if you're, you don't have to eat butter sandwiches, we'll bring you some food or something like that if you want us to. Had some people calling me up daily and saying, hey, we're praying for you. Let us know what we can do to help. Let me know. I never felt like I was alone. And even when I did, I called up another pastor buddy of mine and said, hey, dude, I'm struggling. This is what I'm dealing with. What am I supposed to do about it? It's important to do life in community with other people. Don't be alone. Prayer is specifically important even with that. If you want to put those two together, uh, Matthew chapter 18, verse 19 and 20 says this. this is also, or I also tell you this. If two of you agree here on earth concerning anything you ask, my Father in heaven will do it for you. For two or three, for where two or three are gathered as my followers, I am among them. There's, important, there's something important and powerful in connection with the people around you. And it, it just multiplies when you will get together and pray. There's power in that. Don't be alone. Look at your neighbor and say, don't be alone. The last thing is this. I believe that prayer is important. It's incredibly, incredibly important. I believe that being in community with someone and having someone help you walk through what you're going through is important. But lastly, I believe that not giving up is important. Look at your neighbor and say, don't give up. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12 to 14 says this. It says, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and against the authorities, against the powers of the dark world, and against the spiritual forces of the evil and heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done, this is the part you need to really pay attention to, and after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then, is what the next sentence says. It says in this, it says, and after you have done everything that you can, to stand, after you've given it all that you've got, after you've gotten to the point where you said, hey, I've, I've given everything I can before I'm going to give up, the very next verse says, and stand. Continue to stand. Don't give up. For what you're going through right now, for what you're dealing with, don't give in. Don't give up. Some of y'all, when it comes to uh, your, your, your situation with your spouse or the, uh, the person that you're connected with, man, right now part of you thinks it's so bleak, it's so tough that you just want to give up. Don't give up. For some of you, when it comes to, to, your, to your job, you're like, man, I just don't, I know that God provided this for me, 
but I, don't, I just don't think that this is the case right now. I, need, I think I need to get out. I need to quit. Don't give up. For some of you, when it comes to, to, to church, some of y'all have been hurt by church. Some of y'all, I'm going to tell you right now, if you've been hurt by church, I'm sorry for that. I apologize. People are not perfect. People are messy and mess up. Jesus is perfect. I'm not perfect. But it's important for you to not give up. Going back to that community thing real quick, I believe that's the whole purpose of the church, is to do life together, to help push us forward. Jesus, when he sent out the disciples, he sent them out two by two. He told them with the Great Commission, he says, go make disciples, which that wasn't the thing of like, hey, go and tell people about Jesus and then leave them alone. It was something about doing life with each other. Community is important. And not giving up is important too. Don't give in. Don't give up. Some of us here today, when you, what you're going through, you need to remember what the word says about what you're facing. Some of you need to get in and you just need to believe and you need to speak some words, speak some positive, positivity over what's going on in your life. Philippians chapter 4, verse 13 says this. It says, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. If you look at that word everything uh, in the, the Hebrew, you know what it means? Everything. Everything. Whatever you're handling. That means whatever you're dealing with, you can handle it. You don't have to give up. Isaiah chapter 5, or 54, verse 17 says, no weapon formed against you will prevail. Don't give up. Keep going. When you've done everything that you can do to stand, stand. Keep doing it. God can do more with you than what you can do through yourself. Pray and ask him for what you need and what you want. Remember what he has already done. Go through it with some people that are close to you. If you don't have people close to you, start finding some people. When it came to me and what I was going through this past week, um, I did all these things. Man, I prayed. I said, God, I was like, There's, you're the only one that can handle all this stuff. I know it's not something I can handle on my own, so I'm not going to try. You tell me what to do. You tell me the next steps. I'm thankful for how you provided for my family. I'm thankful for the relationship that I have with my father. I pray that you would heal him and continue to have your way in our lives. I just kept praying that over and over. When I felt alone, I called up some people that were close to me, and I asked them for some help. And I asked him to pray with me. And the whole time, I did not give up. I kept on trucking. I kept on doing it. I believe that because of what I went through, man, the example that I gave to my family, to, to my kids, even has a lasting effect. Dad today is, um, he's still in the hospital in Ormond. He's in uh, uh, Advent Health, or is it, what is it called? Advent Health right now. Um, the doctor said that he uh, suffered um, a, a stroke. Um, he had had a TIA or a mini stroke, you know, a few years back. Uh, but the doctor said that this was a this was a, a, an actual stroke, and um, he got incredibly lucky because the part of the brain that it happened in uh, was what the doctor said was uh, not high functioning. My dad would have said it's not the smart part. 
And so um, as the neurologist met with him, he was able to do all the tests of what um, someone who has gone through a stroke shouldn't be able to do. His eye-hand coordination uh, was right on point. Um, he doesn't have any paralysis or loss of feeling. He's able to communicate and speak. Uh, the first couple of days, he had some issues with confusion and didn't know where he was at, but now he's at a point where that's not, that's not an issue anymore. Uh, and because of, uh, because of some medication that were given him, he was having some serious weird dreams. He was telling me about it. I was like, man, you, that, that sounds like you're on drugs. You're going to need to stop that. But today he's sitting up in bed. There's a chance that he could be even watching on his iPad right now. Um, if that is, man, I want to let you know I love you. And, uh, man, you're, you are a walking miracle, and God's not done with you. He's still working on you. Um, and I'm excited to see what's coming down the line. But I believe that the part of the reason why he is where he is right now and what that he's able to, to walk away from this uh, uh, sort of unscathed, I think has a large part to do with the fact that prayer works. And if he had gone through any of this alone, if I had gone through any of this alone, it would be a deep, dark place and be a tough thing to get through. I want to challenge you that if you're going through something in your life, it could be health, it could be marriage, it could be mental, it could be emotional. If it's going, if you're dealing with a job situation or home life, I want to challenge you to start praying about it, to don't go through it alone, and to stand firm in what God has called you to. Part of the thing that's helped me, uh, especially when it comes to, to tough, tough days as a follower of Christ, when it comes to even tough times in our marriage, um, is a saying that my, a buddy of mine, a pastor of mine, um, uh, reminded me of this past week. He said, Brian, whatever that God and you have decided in the light, that truth doesn't change when it's dark. Whatever he's called you to, whatever he set, path he set you on, you knew it was the right decision then, you knew that person that you were married to was the right person then, it's not going to change when it's dark. You knew it was the right decision to go and do this job for what you're going through, you're, go through your job. When things get tough, that's not the time to quit. Keep going. Stand firm. For um, many of us today, uh, what you're going through is incredibly real, and I hope that this doesn't minimize it at all. Uh, I want you guys to know that I feel that we serve a God that is almighty and all-powerful. And if we continue to connect with him and surrender these things to him, I believe he can have his way and change our lives forever. If you need some help and need some prayer with what you're going through, um, there's a card in front of you that says connect. Uh, and there's a whole lot of blank space around that word connect. We use that space for prayer requests. Uh, if you are dealing with something that you need some prayer, some help uh, uh, prayerfully with, man, we would love to partner with pr in prayer with you. Uh, you can fill that out or write out what you're going through and drop it in one of the give box or drop it off at guest services here later on today, and we'll be praying with you throughout the week. With that, with every head bowed, every eye closed, no one looking around. If you're going through something in life that um, has been a struggle, it's, uh, it's been tough. If you need God to show up in it, if you need him to work out a miracle, <clears throat> I think it's important uh, to give him the opportunity to do it. I know that we serve a God that's a gentleman, and he doesn't ever take over situations in our lives. He will step in when we allow him to, 
when we surrender them and say, you have your way in it. So with whatever you're dealing with today, if it's a marriage issue, if it's a mental issue, if it's a job issue, if it's um, something that's going on in uh, your heart, uh, if, it, it's, if it's affecting your joy, and today you want God to make a change in you, I want to challenge you to do something uh, that might be a little bit uncomfortable. As it says in that last verse, when having have done everything that you can to stand, stand still. I want to challenge you as, if you want God to step into that situation, I want to challenge you to stand up where you are right now. And as you're doing it, you're just saying, God, you know what I'm dealing with. You know what I'm struggling with. I'm going to surrender it to you. Have your way in it. God, as we, as we surrender these things to you, as people are still even standing now, God, I know we don't need to bring them up here and we don't need to tell everyone about them. You know every aspect of it. But today, as we've made a stand and we surrendered them to you and we said, you have your way, God, I pray that you would work out a miracle. I pray that as we've gone through the storm, as we've gone through the struggle, as, as this mess has just hit the fan of our lives, God, I pray that you would show up in a big way and that ultimately our faith would be strengthened because we would see you clearly in it. I know it says in your word that you can work all things for good for those that love you. And so as we love you and as we stand firm, as we surrender these things, I pray that you would have your way above all. And I thank you for what's still yet to come. Where everyone stand up all, around, all across this place with us right now. Jesus, I thank you so much for the families that are represented here today. God, I pray that as we continue to pursue you, God, that you would shine your light through us and to the world around us. And I pray that as we, what we've heard, what we've seen, and what we've even experienced in our own lives, God, there might be someone close to us that's going through something similar. There might be someone that's going through a tough time. I pray that you would give us compassion in our hearts. And God, give us the ability to reach out and love them and share your love with them. I thank you for what is still yet to come. Have your way in us. Have your way in Coastline. Have your way in New Smyrna Beach and in America. We thank you. We believe the best is still yet to come. Amen. As always, Coastline, know that you are loved and that the best is yet to come.